Welcome back to this very interesting energy that is over our heads today and tomorrow in the chart. Thomas Miller on the Fun Astrology Podcast. Welcome back. If you came back after yesterday's episode, congratulations and thank you. <laughs> it was like, hope it didn't run you off, but it like this is a very interesting aspect, and we talked about it yesterday to set it up. If you did not hear yesterday, that's the foundation. We're not going to regurgitate that. The only regurgitation will be Super Sarah has put the t-shirts on sale for this week from our shop. Got a couple of things coming up here over the next couple of weeks that are going to be opportunities for you to help support this effort that we're doing. And this is one of them. And we have some great products in there. Sarah Wakeman is running it. She's the genius of communication in our Facebook group. And she's doing a great job in the shop. SpiritualDesigns11.etsy.com. You can check out the new Awu t-shirt, the Southwestern Design uh, Coyote. And then also the highest timeline really goes well with what we do here. So thanks in advance for that. Now, let's talk about the yods first, because I think they, what I'm seeing in this chart, I'll tell you what I'm, where I'm going with this, I think. I don't know. Let's try this on together. Pluto is getting ready to move into Aquarius. Yes, finally, all the way into the end of next year, but it's dancing, as we said. Right now, it's as far away from the cusp line of Capricorn slash Aquarius as it's going to be. Once it starts direct next Tuesday, it will not be as far away from that cusp line as it is right now. And of course, where it is right now is right at the same place it was when the United States was born. So this is the fourth time since the beginning of 2022 that it's been in this position, just not quite by degree. It won't quite get all the way back to 33. I'm sorry, I said degree, minutes. Won't quite all the way get back to 33 minutes, but it is at 27 degrees. We don't know what a Pluto return for a major superpower is or what it looks like. What it looks like is right now we're in it, but what's the lingering after effect? Yes, it is at the exact degree. Next year, and remember Pluto takes 250 years to go around, 48. Is it in a hurry? I mean, it moves into radical Aquarius next. And since Pluto takes so long to go around, what's a year? What's two years or three years? So what I'm seeing is that maybe the indications of this what's up above our heads yesterday that we dissected out, at least the technical part, could it be a precursor to some of Pluto's initial instructions when it moves into Aquarius? These two yods, I mean, this is fated destiny dropped down in the chart. What does that look like then? Well, Uranus and Neptune on one base... They're in a sextile. They're wanting to work together. Could this be the signature of a jolt in order to wake people up? An attempt at a sudden shift in consciousness? Or does the shadow side of Neptune kick in and it goes the other way? More delusion. More than we have right now. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. Now, what's at the top? Mars and the south node of the moon. That's the one I just don't know. That's in Libra. And the last time, and it's money, and the last time they got together, the market dropped 23% in one day. Now, circuit breakers have virtually eliminated that possibility, but Mars and the South Node will figure out how they are going to express this time. As above, so below. It's a different world today than it was in 1987. 
And you know, there have been so many predictions over the last, what, well, week, I guess, 923, and then everybody's concerned about 104, and then when Pluto goes direct, and then the eclipses. So it's like this whole month is just charged. And I'm recording this a couple of days early because of my audiobook and reading schedule. But what if it's benign? I'm wondering if consciousness has subtly shifted more than what might be reflected. I'm thinking what we do is we look at that very symbolism, as above, so below, take an aspect like this, look at what's going on in the world, and you can almost extract, if nothing like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious happens, then maybe consciousness has bumped up a bit. I think that's a very valid way to look at it. The chart is, in a sense, a fractal of what's going on down here. So rather than trying to figure out what's going on down here, from the chart, flip it the other way around, as below reflected above. The way that these planetary energies unfold might be more of a reflection of our own consciousness. That's why we've been doing Level Up for over two years now on Sunday nights, is to try to just put ourselves in a position of saying, you know what, I've done all I can do, or I've done what I can do to help affect things in a positive way. Now, let's talk about this kite, because it disappears on Thursday, I guess, when Mercury moves off of one of the legs, and then the yods also disappear after tomorrow. So see, it's like this, we talked about yesterday, this crescendo of everything midweek. So the kite is Pluto, Uranus, Mercury, and then opposite Mercury, Neptune, which is in sextiles to Uranus and Pluto. How many times do we need to hear Uranus in this analysis? (laughs) I mean, surprise. I don't know. I mean, what's going to happen? What does Uranus have in store? I have no idea. I guess we could look at what houses some of these planets are in at the times of some of these exact aspects. But I think we just respect the magnitude of this. Think about it. Pluto, Uranus, Neptune, and the trickster. I mean, that's a combination that, my goodness, we could we could create the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest podcast ever just talking about the possibilities of what could be inside that aspect. I think the best way to look at this is exactly the way we kind of ended yesterday, that Neptune-Mercury opposition is the infinite and the finite. It is our head and our soul. Think of the opposition as a tension. Which one is going to overcome? Which one are you going to follow? Which one are you going to choose? The answer to that question sets up how we're going to experience all of the rest of this. I can't even begin to guess right now on a mundane level what Pluto and Uranus in trying to each other could mean, or what Pluto sextile Neptune, or what Uranus sextile Neptune. I mean, these are all loaded aspects. So stay grounded and let the mundane experience the shock and awe. If there is such, there may not be any. And that was my point, is maybe things have risen to a level where this is experienced differently. But I'll tell you something that came from my own Sunday morning personal meditation. It came up that what I want to do here is to be like a flow, a conduit of flow for source, for God, for the divine. So I thought of a hose, a garden hose. A garden hose is not the water. The water is the show. The garden hose is the conduit. And I just thought, you know, divine flow is wanting to flow, but it needs conduits. So I want to be a conduit of that flow. And really, that means getting out of the way. I mean, the garden hose stays out of the way, hopefully, you know. 
And if it's not, you trip on it or you whack it in two with the weed eater. <laughs> it's like, so the best thing is just to be off to the side and deliver the flow and let the water do what the water's going to do. That's a beautiful way to think about it. All right. We'll be back tomorrow for the exact aspect. Have a good Tuesday. Love you. Bye-bye.